0: The Lord be with you, and also with you, a reading of the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, be watchful, be alert. You do not know when the time will come. It is like a man traveling abroad. He leaves home and places his servants in charge, each with his own work, and orders the gatekeeper to be on the watch. Watch therefore, you do not know when the Lord of the house is coming, whether in the evening or at midnight or at cockcrow or in the morning. May he not come suddenly and find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to all, watch. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Well, again, as I mentioned at the beginning, and as we enter into this new church year, we come to the season of Advent. And maybe you know this already, that the word Advent means to come. And as we celebrate Advent, we are celebrating that first coming of Jesus, getting ourselves prepared for that celebration at Christmas. But then we're also preparing ourselves for His second coming on the last day. Now, in contrast to the normal frivolity of what everybody else calls the holiday season, although it's maybe a little more muted this year than than normal, but still, you know, there's still the food and the festivities and the decorations and the shopping and everything that goes on. In contrast to all of that, the season of Advent really strikes a different chord. It's a solemn season. Even a bit somber. It's definitely a season of repentance, much like the season of Lent. See, what Advent is doing is calling us to come back to God, as, even as we're waiting for Him to come back for us and to prepare ourselves for Him. But because we know He's coming back, it also makes it a season of great hope and heightened expectations. So what we're going to be doing this Advent, for the first three weeks of Advent at least, is we're going to listen to the prophet Isaiah. We're going to pay close attention to our Old Testament readings. And we're going to do this little series called The Advent Project. Because what we're going to find is that Isaiah brings out these wonderful, rather simple images, though, that that speak to us about the project, which is us, what God is working on in all of us. So today we heard at the very end of that reading from Isaiah, this simple image that is used throughout Scripture. O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay and you, the potter. We are all the work of your hands. So the question is, is how do we go from this, a lump of clay, to something more like this, this beautiful chalice or cup? You know, when you think about pottery, essentially there's, I don't know, I'd say two uses for pottery, two things that it does. One is that pottery is made so that it can contain something, just very practical and very useful. So then the question is, what are we meant to contain? Isaiah is definitely picking up on, and he's pointing us back to the very beginning, beginning of Scripture, to the creation account. In Genesis 2, 7, it says this The Lord God formed the man of the dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. I love the beauty of that account. There you have God, like a potter, tenderly forming Adam out of the dust and the clay of the earth. It's, it's a rather playful scene, right? And God's playing in the dirt, but then he breathes into the nostrils of Adam giving him a lot more than just oxygen. He's breathing into Adam his own divine breath. He's inspiring him with the Holy Spirit. We are made to contain the divine life. There it is. We're made to contain the divine life. But you probably know how the story goes, right? That Adam and Eve rebel against God. They don't want anything to do with him They reject God, and so they exhale that divine breath. They expire the Holy Spirit, and they die. So, now to state the obvious about pottery, a a piece of pottery can't form or shape itself, right? It, It needs the potter. But here's where we, of course, differ from an inanimate object like a piece of pottery, right? I mean, God gave us free will we are living beings and now here comes the rub here's the problem ever since Adam and Eve what we want to do is we want to form and we want to shape our own lives and think about how we talk to each other right we look at our kids and say hey what do you guys want to be when you grow up where do you want to go to college who do you want to marry how many kids do you want to have what kind of a job do you want Where do you want to live? What do you want to do when you retire? All these big life questions, do we take them to the potter and ask him, Lord, what what do you want to make of me? Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? Earlier in his book, Isaiah, this is chapter 29, says this. He says, he's talking to us, you turn things upside down. Yeah, you see, exactly. So we get it all backwards. We turn it all upside down. Shall the potter be regarded as the clay that the thing made should say of its maker, he he did not make me, or the thing formed say of him who formed him, he has no understanding? See, it's not that we just neglect to consult God on the big questions of life. No, no, it's that what we really want is a different life. I want to be able to form and shape my life to contain what I want it to contain. This vessel that is made for divine life. No, no, no. I want to fill it up with a whole bunch of other stuff that I think that's going to make me happy. As if the clay <laughs> knows better than the potter. You get it upside down. And it turns out to be a disaster. It's why Isaiah also says these things. All of us have become like unclean people. All our good deeds are like polluted rags. We have all withered like leaves, and our guilt carries us away like the wind. There is none who calls upon your name, who rouses himself to cling to you, for you have hidden your face from us and have delivered us up to our guilt. Oh, see, there's the scary part. That God delivers us up. Hands us over to what we want, to our own will and to our own desires, and then even over to our own guilt. He says this, why do you let us wander, O Lord, from your ways and harden our hearts that we fear you not? Now, now don't misunderstand this. Isaiah is not blaming God as if this is his fault. But see, what happens is it gets to a point and God says, okay, have it your way. Do what you want. And then like clay, our hearts dry out and become brittle. And the only thing left to do with them is to break them and shatter them. But see, this is what Isaiah is is doing This is where he's calling us to repentance and back to the potter because, see, if, if we are in the potter's hands, if, if we are at his wheel, as long as the clay is still wet, then it can still be formed and shaped. It's never too late. Another prophet named Jeremiah picks up the same theme, and he adds kind of a, a different touch to it. He says, I went down to the potter's house, and there he was working at his wheel, And the vessel that he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hand and he reworked it into another vessel as it seemed good to the potter to do. You realize what that's saying? That when our lives become a splattered mess everywhere, the Lord, the potter can still take and pull us all back together and begin to shape us once again. So what I want you to do now is I've got a short little time-lapse video Of a potter making a vase. Take a look at this. All right, so very, very short, right? A little 30-second video, but that little 30 seconds shows you what God takes a lifetime to do, of what he's doing in your life. See, this is, this is the good news. We are all a work in progress, right? But we are also all in the potter's hands. That's why I love this image. It's a, it's a very tender and comforting image, knowing that we're in his hands and that his hands never leave the project, never leaves the project. And here's the other thing. You never know what he's going to make out of you. I mean, as you watch that short little video, and it started with the lump of clay, as the potter sat down with it, did you see the vase in the lump? No, not until he formed it and he shaped it. So, you will be surprised to see what God can make out of you. Now, there are times as He's shaping us and forming us that He has to pound and push and pull and stretch, right, to bring that shape and form to us. And perhaps, (laughs) perhaps right now, you need some real work done in your life. And then there are other times, as you saw, where with gentle and delicate finesse, He puts the finishing touches on you. But see, that's what takes you from simply being a container, from something usable, and how he makes you into something beautiful, which is the second purpose of pottery, right? The first purpose is that it's made to contain something. And we are made to contain this this divine life, this divine breath of God. But see, that (laughs) takes you to the second purpose of pottery is that pottery is made to be beautiful. We are his work of art. He is the divine artist, and we are then made, because we have His divine life in us, we are made to display His beauty and His glory. That's what I mean by the Advent project. This is what God is working in you. When our God came the first time at Christmas, our God allowed Himself to be shaped into human form in the womb of our mother, the Blessed Virgin Mary. But now that we're waiting for Him to come the second time, as Paul says in Galatians 4, Christ is to then be formed in us. Or another way that Paul says it is in 2 Corinthians 4. He says, We have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. We are jars of clay containing a priceless treasure, the precious death and the very life of our Savior Jesus. So you might be well aware this morning of the work that God needs to do to you, you know the things right now you need to change, and maybe you've been putting it off or trying to ignore it, but you know God needs to do some real work on you. Or maybe you don't know. You have no idea. But ask Him and ask Him to show you what needs to happen in your life. Maybe it is that pushing and pulling to give you shape, or maybe it is that delicate, fine touch to get rid of your rough edges. None of it seems very pleasant at first. Until you come to trust that He is your Father. He's the potter. He is the master artist. He loves you and you are in His hands so that He can form you and He can shape you into the very reason why you exist. You are a work of heart. You are to be a vessel of a priceless treasure of the very divine life of God himself. So let me give you a moment now to take these words of Isaiah and this image he gives us to prayer and say it for yourself. O oh Lord, you are my Father. I am the clay and you the potter, I am the work of your hands.